Welcome back to the Meaningful Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Denise, where we engage in meaningful conversation that stimulates the mind. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining me again. Um, today, I want to talk about certain coping mechanisms that we use as humans to get through the hard times. A lot of people um, throw themselves into work and different things around them to escape um, some of the deeper problems. I think one of the most, the, one of the best um, coping mechanism that I've come across and I've heard people talk about is finding humor during your time of pain and difficulties um, to bring some sort of joy back into your life and your soul. Um, I thought that was very, very unique and good. And it also, you know, it's good for your body. It's good for your mental health. And it's good for your overall, you know, spirit, soul, everything. Um, to find laughter and joy during a difficult time as hard as it may be. In fact, it's been scientifically proven that laughter killed pain. You probably already know that the acoflaftin produced Entrophenes, known as happy brain chemical that act as a natural painkiller, smoothing stress, re- reducing anxiety, easing chronic pain, and just making you feel really, really well. Laughter strengthens your heart. It helps to ward off diseases. It helps boost your immunity and so much more. Yet I can understand how someone would find it so difficult to do this or to exercise these kind of ritual doing their hardest of time. Um, but the reason why it's great to do it and try and remembering the good times during the hard time is because it helps us with our overall health. It helps us get back um, to our regular self more easier, quicker, and healthier. Also, there could be another side to that as well. A lot of people that you may see that appear in front of you as very stable and happy and always go lucky and laughing actually suffer with some deep issues in their lives. And they use their laughter laughter and their sense of humor to cover such pain instead of dealing with it head on, which could be very dangerous as well. So there's a slippery slope, just laughing all the time through the pain, right? Sometimes we definitely have to face that pain head on and deal with our issues. You know, um, I think for me, laughing through the pain is just, you know, to keep going each and every day. Also, while, you know, you're trying to laugh and try to go about your day, try to tackle that issue as well, you know, um... Don't leave that issue in the dark because all it does is manifest more and more and get deeper and deeper, right? And then you slip into depression and um, all sort of other things that could lead to suicidal thoughts. And that's where we don't want to be. Um, So there's a very slippery slope with laughing through your pain, right? Um, We have to address those those pain, right? While we might have a smile on our face, we have to learn that we have to... Go somewhere or to someone to release what's going on inside of us and to deal with the issue in the right way for us to truly be healthy human beings. Not just um, to push it aside with a laughter or two um, because that's not good as well. You know, that will cause you, like I said, way more pain in the end and those around you as well. You know, especially those that have kids and um, significant others, um... You know, when 
something devastating happened and they didn't even know what was going on with you. So, you know, you also have to find someone to talk to, um, to release that pain, the stress, the anger that you're going through and that you're facing. So I just wanted to make that clear. I want to share an excerpt with you guys um, from Cognitive Culture, um, a YouTube channel about laughing and the connection with trauma. A theory I thought about a while ago and has kind of been solidified while creating this video is that the reason why we laugh shares a similarity with trauma. I'll explain what I mean by that. What makes something funny most of the time is its incongruity. The setup leads us to believe one thing, but the punchline gives us something completely different. It surprises us. And something else that's also surprising is trauma. Usually with traumatic experiences, the setup is a different story than the final result. Like going out for ice cream and having a terrible car accident on your way. Or a child's parents getting divorced and being abusive with each other when they should be loving and caring. The sense of incongruity is palpable for both instances, when something is funny and also when something is traumatic. Traumatic events exist on a wide spectrum. The most common traumatic experiences are the death of a loved one, a divorce that wasn't handled peacefully, physical pain or injury, serious illness, war, natural disasters, experiencing acts of violence, sexual, emotional, or physical abuse, and many, many others. But outside of these well-known kinds of trauma, when we're children, we can also be traumatized by things that are not so obvious, like neglect. To understand who we are now, it's important to take a look at our childhood, much in the same way that to become an adult, you have to first be a baby, then a child, then a teen, until adulthood. For the brain to fully develop who we are with all of our unique quirks and sensitivities, we have to live through these phases too. And so who we choose to be or not to be right now is a cumulative combination of our life experiences. Something at the center of our life experience is our interaction with others. Attachment is defined as the emotional bond between people in order to establish a sense of security and safety. And although attachment starts in infancy as we're dependent on our caregivers, the need for attachment in relationships continues throughout our entire lives. So as children, after we have a safe and secure attachment to our parents, we start to also seek out other family members and friends that we can form attachments with. We do this even if we don't have a secure attachment at home because we're social beings and as much as we might not like to admit it, we need others in order to function and stay healthy. Now, a big part of being social and creating these attachments is sharing parts of yourself with others and creating connections based on similarities and ways we can relate to one another. And it's hard to share stories and feelings if most of what's happening to you is negative. Then you might become someone that people don't really want to be around because that would turn you into a downer. And don't get me wrong, people want you to share parts of your life that aren't perfect. It helps them relate to you in the way that their lives are not perfect either. But the socially acceptable way to do it is to an extent. Like complaining about having a boring weekend when someone asks you how you spent your Saturday and saying you caught up with work and just cleaned the house, nothing eventful. Complaining about that is okay and relatable, but if someone asks you how your weekend was and you go on to casually mention that the reason why you didn't leave the house is because you have crippling anxiety, you don't know where it came from, and also you're late on all your bills, so doing anything that involves money didn't seem like a good idea, so you decided to clean the house and double down on work so you can feel like you have control over something, anything, then the conversation might get really uncomfortable really quickly. But on the inside, we're like this deformed monster with superpowers. We can't show that to people because it makes them feel icky on the inside. 
It's like using the word moist to describe a cake. So when we're dealing with an overwhelming amount of negativity and issues in life, we need a way to share those experiences. It's rewarding and healing to share who we are with others. We need an outlet. The pain has to come out somehow. It doesn't just go away. So when we find our experiences may be a little too dark to share, we change things about them and make them funny instead of uncomfortably dark. And now, we're not only able to share our lives and feel like we belong, but we make people laugh, which is in its own welcoming, accepting, warm, and desirable. There's a lot of truth um, about what I've just been said by cognitive culture, and also there is a lot of disturbing things within that truth, because we all want to build familiarity with other people around us. Um... But we also have a burning desire inside of us too to be ourselves and to be truthful in our moment that we're dealing with. And it is true, a lot of people cannot deal with that, those harsh reality of anxiety and depression and, you know, um, people bringing that um, in front of them, you know. Um, that's difficult to face because maybe they're dealing with some of those issues as well and is not ready to face them and tackle the issue head on. So therefore you're bringing up something or arising something inside of them that they don't necessarily want to deal with either. And that could make the relationship or the conversation very awkward. We have to be careful at times about what we unload to people. You know, um, a lot of people are not equipped to deal with some of the issues that we are dealing with are they're dealing with themselves um and that's why there's professionals available to deal with such issues that are trained to deal with such heavy issues and dig into them and dissect them and sort things out you know so we could have a more clearer sense of what's going on with us and how to navigate through it and get back to a healthy mind space um that a day-to-day person that you interact with may not have the ability or the skill set to do so and that's why you know um people might want to distance themselves and say you know they don't want those heavy burdens around them they don't want to be in that atmosphere because it's just too much for them to deal with it is time for the meaningful moment of the week as we all know the world is mourning the death of queen elizabeth the second her majesty is the longest running monarchy in the history so this is a great moment in history to sober and to witness because she has reigned for over 70 years as the queen of the uk and so many other sovereignty countries um her legacy is unmatched you know she has seen over 15 presidents within Britain and over 14 presidents within the United States of America. She has been through World War One, Two, the Cold War, seven different pandemics, um, history-making moment in the world, um, seeing the first black African-American president, um, some of the first woman presidents, um, seeing small countries become independent of their own. She has seen and lived through so many much things and not only do we want to celebrate her life as the longest reigning monarchy in britain but also a blessed and long-lived life filled with so many glorious moments that the world was able to witness and so therefore in this meaningful talk moment of the week 
we like to give send our prayers to Great Britain, to the Majesty family, and everyone around that knew her and loved her personally. And this has been our meaningful moment of the week. Now it's time to get back to our conversation of the day and is that laughing away the pain, which is a mechanism that most of us use to bring us through difficult times um, that we face in our lives and situations around us. I know definitely um, during the pandemic, a lot of people, they suffer from anxieties and trauma and fears just by losing a loved one, the state of the world, and the uncertainty of it all. And a lot of time we look for laughters, whether if we could extract some from movies or um, entertainment in some form or fashion and people around us. And that is very a very helpful full coping mechanism in such a hard and difficult times and you know we we need to um revert to something or try to grasp something during times like those um if the problem i think in my opinion and i am not a professional um deepens um we definitely need to reach out to someone professional Someone maybe with a lot more life experience, you know, that could walk us through. Um, and let us pause for a moment, the laughter, and deal with the main issue at hand. And not just always sweep it on the rug, per se. Because we continue to um, sweep things on the rug by laughter just becomes a pile of mess um, that we don't want to, to have piled up on us, right? Um, when we have so much issues that's been swept under, it's, sooner or later it starts to project out and people begin to realize it. And it's not that so important that people belong to, belong to realize it. It's the effect that it has on our day-to-day -day life. You know, and how we function, how we go about our daily business and, you know, the quality of life that we have. You know, we all want to be um, happy and joyful and really being so, not just um, a, a mask that we wear to cover our pain and our, you know, suffering that we're going through. You know, um, we really want to tackle the issue so we can actually, what we're projecting really is our reality, you know, and we're not just wearing a mask all the time because that is not healthy, you know, and that's when laughter really has to cease and we have to tackle the main issue at hand. What is making me so sad? What do I need? What tools do I need to equip myself with to get through these hard and difficult times? And what resources that is provided publicly that I can, you know, have access to to deal with some of these problems? And if they all can't go away at once, how can I chip away at them one by one, piece by piece, until I get to a more healthier mental way of thinking of handling my problems and functioning in my life and that's what we're really looking for so yes laughing away the pain at times is the best coping mechanism for oneself you know especially when there's so many things coming at us at once but when we do have the time to sit down and think um, about what is going on around us, why is this happening, what can I do to alleviate some of the issues or the problems at hand, where can I go, what resources can I gather 
to help me deal with what I am facing so I don't feel so burdened and overwhelmed and sad. Um, it's definitely um, important to do. Um, you know, um, losing someone, you know, yes, we, we all put on a brave face including myself, you know, I put on a brave face when you, you lose someone because that's just a way of, of keep on pushing us forward, you know what I mean? But at the same time, too, I am going to deal with any underlining deep issues that I have from suffering such a trauma as losing someone. And so that's the message that I really want to bring across today, that laughing away the pain is a great coping mechanism, as I have said. Um, but also while we're trying to laugh through the pain, we must also come to a point where we have to stand still and address the issues of why we're so sad, why we're feeling the way that we are feeling, and then we could move forward with a healthier and happier life. Um, because that's what we all, um are aiming for, you know, to, to, to live the best life that we possibly could live, the most healthiest, the most rewarding, the most happiest, and have the, the best experience that we can while we have this gift called life. And so that's the, um, the message, like I said, I want to leave you guys with today. Um, I am so glad that, you know, um, a lot of us could reach for laughter, um, to help us cope. And so, therefore, as we go forward today, you know, like I definitely said, um, try to sit still, meditate if you can, deal with the issues at hand, and don't let it pile up because that is where we find ourselves in trouble. Thank you guys once again for joining me on the Meaningful Talk podcast. I'm hoping to engage with you guys very soon. Have a blessed day. Talk podcast drop every Wednesday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You could connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or via our YouTube channel, Meaningful Talk.